Alex Ferrara, and I'm taking a deep dive into the world of beauty and women's health. I'm asking all the questions and trying every product and trend so you don't have to. Get ready for a little glam and a lot of info. This is Glow Up and Speak Out. So I'd like to preface this episode by saying I am so happy to be pregnant. I'm so lucky to have a healthy baby. I am in no way complaining. I am very, very grateful. That being said, during this pregnancy, I did get pretty sick with a few different things. And I learned a lot, both through acupuncture, my OB, my functional medicine doctor, but also just through talking to other women and looking up what I was going through on YouTube and seeing other women who made these amazing, informative YouTube videos about what they were going through with tips and tricks. And so this episode is really a compilation of everything I've learned and everything I wish that someone would have told me. There's so much more to it and so much more to learn than what happens in your five to 10 minute OB checkup. And honestly, if my pregnancy had been all sunshine and roses, if I had been one of those gals who was like, I don't know, I just feel so energetic. Sometimes I feel nauseous, but I just have a little ginger ale and I'm fine. You know, if, if it had been that, I wouldn't have this deeper understanding of women's health and I wouldn't have the empathy I do now for any woman going through a tough pregnancy and I wouldn't know certain questions to ask experts that I have on this show. So I know with my passion for women's health and my curiosity about women's health, I know that I went through all of this for a reason. So I'm recording this episode on November 11th, 2023. I'm currently 31 and a half weeks pregnant. I'm in my third trimester and I'm going to go through kind of what I went through each trimester and what helped me get through it. And I hope it can help someone else who might be going through similar things. So first of all, something I was really, really lucky with is that once my husband and I did start trying, I did get pregnant very quickly. So... On one hand, sure, we can say once we started trying, we got pregnant really quickly. But on the other hand, I also want to be really honest with women that I did years of hormone and thyroid balance work with a functional medicine doctor to get me in tip-top shape before I was ready to try. So I'm a millennial and so many women my age were put on the pill for whatever reason, PCOS, irregular periods, painful periods, acne, just as contraceptive, what have you. And everyone's put on the pill and you just kind of try to find the one that's best for you that gives you the least amount of side effects. But there's not a lot of information or education on what happens when you get off the pill for whatever reason. If you want to have a baby, if you just want to change, you know, change it up, there's not a lot of education around that. So I didn't understand when I was on the pill for years that maybe my hormones might be a disaster when I got off of it. So I got off the pill and my hormones were a disaster. I was estrogen dominant, which means I had way too much estrogen in my body, which resulted in, I've always had painful periods, but these were unbelievable. I felt like I had the flu. I could not get out of bed. I had blood clots the size of a quarter. It was so rough, like not normal. My progesterone was low and my thyroid was a mess. So I do deal with low thyroid, hypothyroid, and I'm on medication for it. But everything is connected. Everything affects everything else. So I went on the search for a functional medicine doctor. And these doctors are not covered by insurance most of the time. And they're astronomical. They're so expensive. So it took me a while, but I found Parsley Health. And Parsley Health is this amazing setup where they do take some insurance. It's $175 a month. So it's kind of like a package deal. You see a doctor, a real MD, and then you also see a nutritionist. And I just can't say enough about them. If you're in a state where you have access to Parsley Health, definitely check them out. So through a series of lifestyle changes for my estrogen dominance, I balanced everything out. So I was on a supplement called DIM to help break down estrogen. We were boosting my cruciferous vegetables. We were trying to even up my cortisol levels. We found out that I was anemic, which is really common for women who are getting their periods, especially if you're having really heavy periods. Ladies, get your iron checked. If you're tired, if you're having brain fog, get check your iron. It's 
It could be iron. It could be thyroid. It could be a million things. For me, it was both. But when I was no longer anemic, so much changed. So much about my energy changed. And it's so interesting because in high school, I had no idea, but I had an undiagnosed thyroid issue. I had infected tonsils and I was anemic. So I finally, we figured out the thyroid later on, senior year, I got my tonsils taken out. But all of my friends in high school know me as this girl who was exhausted and like couldn't get out of bed and like missed her first period class. And my adult friends know me as the annoying one who's up at 6 a.m. and sends a 7.30 a.m. text because I just have so much more energy. Um, What else? I was deficient in magnesium. We fixed that. We were balancing my thyroid. We did so much work for years. You know, and it was years because also COVID happened. I wasn't really trying to have a baby in Manhattan during COVID. So I took a lot of time to really balance everything out. And by the time I was ready to start trying to have a baby, my blood work looked really great. The other two things I did, which I don't have scientific evidence that any of this helped me get pregnant, but I do know it did not hurt. So this is why I'm sharing. So the other two things I did was one, I was doing ovulation optimization sessions with an acupuncturist. And there's so much I don't understand about acupuncture but I know I see one of the best acupuncturists in New York City who has um, insane qualifications. I knew she had helped me with other things. And so I was in. I was like, sure, yeah, let's help me with ovulation. And at my appointment, I said, okay, can you explain to me what we're doing here? And she said, yeah, we're making sure the very best egg comes down this month, that it's just really good egg quality, that the best one, that the best one gets down there. I was like, okay, perfect, great, cannot hurt, I'm so in. The other thing I did just out of curiosity was I went to this place called V-Spot, which is a med spa in New York City, run by an OB. So they do a lot of hormone therapy there. It's a really good resource for any woman going through menopause. And then they do certain treatments. So I got this treatment called a V-Steam because they said it can help with fertility and painful periods. I was like, great, non-invasive, there's no needles, it's not going to hurt me, and cool, would love less painful periods and good fertility if, if that's a plus. Why not? So basically, they steam your vagina with all of these herbs that are supposed to be cleansing, help with fertility, help with painful periods. And then this was the really interesting part. After, they do a lymphatic drainage massage on your lower stomach, like around your uterus. The woman who was doing it was explaining to me that things just get so tense and stuck down there because it's such a source of pain for women. Women, you know, endometriosis, fibroids, PCOS, or just really painful periods. It's such a source of stress and tension and pain. And this is to like loosen everything up and to get everything functioning properly, which look, who knows? But all I know is I felt great after. So highly recommend. Okay. So I was really, really lucky in getting pregnant very quickly. Also, it's so funny because nothing about this pregnancy was subtle. My guy came immediately. He was like, I'm here. I'm clearing space. This is happening. So I found out I was pregnant literally the first day that I could. (laughs) I saw my PCP to get blood work and she was like, I can't believe you already got a positive test. This is probably the first day that you could have gotten a positive test. And I didn't get like a wishy-washy. I got like a positive test. From four to six weeks, I was pretty energetic. I was bloated, but I was okay. So I did a lot of work. I looked up doulas and midwives and OBs all over the city. I did a lot of research. I chose my OB. I figured a lot of stuff out. And thank God. Because little did I know where I would be at seven weeks. So after what I've been through, I am really passionate about the fact that I think if you know you're pregnant, if you got a positive test, you should be able to see an OB for the pregnancy confirmation at six weeks. Most OBs won't see you until eight. My OB saw me at six. I went in, she confirmed it was in the right place. She confirmed I actually was pregnant. She gave me all the list of do's and don'ts, medication, everything. 
And then from there on out, I had someone to call. I had a touch point. I had a person. If you don't get to see someone until eight weeks, that's four weeks that you're pregnant and you're like, uh, is everything okay? Like, am I fine? Also, don't even get me started in these really strict abortion ban states where you can't get an abortion after six weeks, but you also can't see an OB to confirm the pregnancy until eight weeks. It's just absolutely ridiculous and it's not even based in logical sense. The other thing I'm super passionate about is anything that any pregnant woman needs medically should be completely covered. I'm talking anti-nausea medication, which can be upwards of $200. I am talking any sort of care or medication for acid reflux, for severe acid reflux, where you have to be on medication. IV therapy, an ER stay. I mean, the wild thing during pregnancy is if you're really, really sick and you need to be in the hospital or you need to stay a night in the ER or you need IV therapy or you need to be on medication... You have to spend a lot more money, and chances are, if you're that sick, you also can't work. So it's just really a conundrum. And I just think anything that any pregnant woman needs should be completely covered. So at seven weeks, everything hit the fan. All of a sudden, I got a sinus infection. And I was in more stomach pain than I've ever been in my entire life. The only thing I can compare it to is when I had a stomach infection when I was stranded in Punta Cana. I was getting stabbing, sharp pains at the top of my stomach, severe nausea, and throwing up, constipation. It was basically my stomach stopped working. I could not eat food. I could not drink water. It was in so much pain and I could not go to the bathroom. Just like the whole system shut down. Plus I had a sinus infection. I did not know what the hell was happening to me. I really didn't because I had hopes that I would kind of have like a normal, normal one, you know, like, oh, nauseous, tired, but like I have some snacks, I have saltines, I have ginger ale, and I'm okay. Maybe I throw up one or two times. Like I, I really hoped that that would be my journey. It was not. So I have such a hard time at this point keeping liquids down. It was so much harder for me to drink a glass of water than it was for me to just like have bites of a cracker. The water would swirl and churn in my stomach and come back up and cause this pain. So I got very dehydrated in a way that I was not lucid. I was really, I didn't know what was going on. I was just not fully there and I ended up in the ER. So I ended up in the ER at seven weeks and at seven and eight, weeks is when I needed the most medical attention. And if I didn't have an OB, like a touch point checking in on me, I think I would have felt even worse and even more lost. We go to the ER and it turns out I have pregnancy GERD and hyperemesis. So pregnancy GERD is when all of your organs just get shoved up really far, like basically into your throat in a really kind of violent way, as opposed to it happening little by little over a few months, because your body has to make space for the uterus and for the baby. But for me, that happened very fast, kind of overnight and very early. So that is why I was feeling this like really sharp, sharp, twisting pain in my stomach. And then the hyperemesis is not normal morning sickness. It's, it's severe morning sickness. And We did learn that, thank God, I had mild hyperemesis. I've learned that there's mild, moderate, and severe. Mild is first trimester. You're usually only hospitalized once or twice. Moderate is it can last till second, almost third. And severe is when it lasts the entire pregnancy and you're throwing up even the morning you give birth, which I talked to some women on Instagram who had moderate and severe and my heart goes out to them. They are heroes. Like I, I don't even know how you go through that. Women are insanely strong. Like there are no words. So I didn't know what these things were really going in. I, I didn't know. I didn't get what was happening to me. There was a really, really steep learning curve. So going into my pregnancy, of course, I'm thinking I want everything to be natural. I don't want to take any medication. 
I want to eat really well. I want to be working out. You know, you have all these hopes and dreams. Well, I was in such bad shape that I had to be on medication immediately to keep down food and water and to stay out of the hospital. So I went on the anti-nausea medication, Bongesta, and usually doctors will prescribe either Bongesta or Zofran. Zofran did not do much for me. They gave it to me in the hospital. They gave me like a port of Zofran and IV fluid. Um, Zofran didn't do much for me. Bongesta did. Here are some tips with Bongesta. It says take one in the morning, one at night. Well, I started getting the spins. I started getting the spins and I watched this amazing woman's YouTube video about Bongesta and she said, I felt like I was drunk and like I had the spins on top of throwing up until I cut it down to one a day. So I did that and it worked for me. So I took one every day at 4 p.m. I'm still on it. My doctor said it is totally safe to take throughout the pregnancy. It does take about a week to kick in and you're also not supposed to drive on it after you take it because it is a heavy antihistamine. So here's the thing with this medication. It helps you keep things down, okay, which is all they care about. They need you to not be dehydrated. It helps you avoid hospitalization. It does not help you feel better when your sickness is that severe. I was still all of first trimester curled up in the fetal position in the dark in my room. I couldn't look at any screens. I really could not function. I would play movies and I couldn't even watch them. So I would lay on my side curled up and just let them play. I would listen to podcasts. I spent a lot of time in a dark room with my eyes closed listening to things. But this medication did keep me out of the ER. The other thing that kept me out of the ER was going to get IVs because again, my issue was with liquids. I The liquids were so incredibly hard to get down. I could not get down water. So I was so dehydrated. So I would go and get IV hydration therapy, which helped a lot. So for the pregnancy GERD, I highly recommend trying to find a gastroenterologist because yes, GERD and acid reflux can be a pregnancy symptom, but it has to do with a different part of your body. It's not necessarily your OB's area of expertise. So I found a gastroenterologist and he put me on famotidine. And why I needed to be on this medication is because yes, I was having really, really sharp pain, but it also was getting to the point, it was, it's not just pain and not just uncomfortable, but it was getting unsafe because when I lay down at night, everything that was digesting in my stomach would just start coming up and you can't control it. So I did have an incident where I was fast asleep and I woke up. I'm so sorry. This sounds so brutal, but just I'm trying to be real with everyone. I was choking on my own vomit and kind of like aspirating, like I couldn't breathe and then started freaking out because when you can't breathe, panic sets in. And it was just really unsafe and scary and not fun. So we had to up my dose. And being on a relatively high dose of famotidine and a dose of Bongesta every single day was really a non-negotiable for me to just be able to function. So the other thing is, if you're so sick, you really can't swallow powders or pills. It'll just come right back up. So what to try to do is get a chewable version of a prenatal, like a gummy. I liked the Smarty Pants brand. And I would just, if I could get it down, just try to get those down. And you know, when you're that sick, like really the only thing I can compare it to is active food poisoning. All the things that people tell you don't work. The ginger chew, tea, ginger ale, all, all of these lifestyle home remedies are powerless. Think about if you had food poisoning and you had a ginger candy. Is that going to help you? No. So there's so many different levels of this. And that's why I think women's symptoms get so dismissed because every pregnant woman is nauseous. Every pregnant woman has acid reflux. Usually every pregnant woman is tired. Every pregnant woman has food aversions, but it can be the level of, oh, I'm so nauseous. I need a saltine to, oh, I'm so sick, I can't keep water down. You know, I can't get out of this bed. I cannot function literally at all. I'm so dehydrated that I'm in the ER. So that is a wide, wide spectrum. And that's the thing that I really didn't understand is you cannot compare your experience to someone else's. 
because I have friends who didn't even have acid reflux, but they were throwing up a ton. I had friends who never threw up once, but they felt nauseous all the time. I had friends who didn't feel nauseous at all, but maybe their back pain was worse than mine. It's so different for everyone. And I would say when you're talking to your OB, if you really can't function, like you have to say that. You have to say, this is affecting my quality of life. I cannot get out of bed. Just be really real and don't sugarcoat it. So if you are having a more normal one, I do recommend the brand Pink Stork. They have these morning sickness candies. They have bath salts. They have gummies. They have all kinds of great products, and I really recommend looking into them. The other thing that got me through first trimester was acupuncture. And I had gone to acupuncture for tendinitis, like I mentioned, ovulation. I did not understand that they could help with stomach issues, GERD and nausea. I really didn't. But my acupuncturist said, yes, if you come twice a week, I can get these symptoms down for you. And she did. And I would say this is not an area to skimp. This is an area to find the most highly qualified acupuncturist you possibly can. The woman I see has midwife training. She also has her doctorate. She's incredible. She knows what she's doing. It was so hard to get there, to physically get there. But after a session, it for like an hour or two, I would be able to eat something. I'd be able to drink something. I would have just a little bit of relief. And again, nothing takes it away, but like you look for improvements. Can I keep this down? Can I feel a little less in pain here or there? And so that hour or two was worth it. It was so worth it for me because I was getting really worried about my nutrition. I was getting really weak. Like all I was having were bites of popsicles, bites of toast and IV fluid for first trimester. So I really recommend acupuncture for a lot of pregnancy symptoms, including nausea and acid reflux. So this is an interesting first trimester thing. My OB said specifically, do not color your hair first trimester. She said, your scalp is so absorbent. First trimester is when everything's developing for the first time. We don't want to rock the boat. No hair color. And she said no aerosol hairspray. So take that for what you will. And just some other tips and things that helped me. First of all, the app, it's called Sprout. I really like the Sprout app. It tracks your weeks. It gives you a little bite-sized information every day. There's like a little photo of a real baby, like what your baby looks like, not a fruit. I don't love like, I think it's, I don't know. I don't really want to think of my baby as fruit. I thought that was kind of awkward. So I like just like the visual of like what the baby actually looks like in there. Another helpful hint that my OB gave me is go to the dentist for complete care cleaning twice during the pregnancy because she said pregnancy gingivitis is a real thing and apparently gum disease in pregnant women has been linked to complications with the baby, early deliveries, all kinds of things. So you really want to make sure you're taking care of your gums. Also, if you're throwing up a lot, you are going to be brushing your teeth so much. I brush my teeth three times a day. I was always using mouthwash, and now I haven't thrown up in a while, knock on wood. And now I haven't thrown up in a bit, knock on wood, but I still brush my teeth three times a day. Also, something I didn't really realize is that wrist issues are hugely common in pregnancy. Carpal tunnel, trigger finger, mommy wrist, all of these things. Mommy wrist happens later. It happened to my friend just from wrists overworking and doing everything for the baby. And sometimes you have to have surgery on it. My friend had to have surgery. But I started developing some carpal tunnel in my left wrist. And I've really been able to manage my carpal tunnel with a chiropractor, acupuncture, and sleeping in a wrist brace. I highly recommend a prenatal chiropractor for the whole way through because everything is growing and shifting and expanding and it's going to help you with back pain. He adjusted my wrist. He adjusts my neck. It's also like you get so big and you're not supposed to do a lot of twisting. So I can't do those like deep twisty yoga poses that I want to or certain stretches that I've grown up doing. So everything just gets tight and tense. So yeah, definitely find a chiropractor. But the other thing that really has been helping me with aches and pains, because you're not supposed to take anything unless you're absolutely desperate and then you can have a Tylenol, is this Symbiotica Ultimate Pain Balm. It is clean. It is minty. It is menthol-y. It actually does something. Like it helps and it feels so 
good. It really, it like cools everything down, but also heats it up. It really has given me a lot of relief. Symbiotica, CY, ultimate pain bomb. Love it. The other thing to be really aware of, which if you listen to this podcast, you know I've developed a passion for diving into pelvic floor health. We're having just a million pelvic floor experts on from all different areas of expertise. So just be aware of your pelvic floor. Start a program. I recommend this online program. It's an app called Every Mother. You can find a pelvic floor physical therapist, Emily Battle, um, episode two of this podcast, She does virtual personal training and a lot with the pelvic floor, but we need to be aware of our pelvic floors and start prepping them so that there's less damage done, hopefully, after labor. So a few years ago, I was shopping at the Goop store in Sag Harbor, which we all know Goop is amazing and clean and luxurious, but it can get a little pricey in there, but it's fun to look, so fun to look. And I discovered Beauty Counter because they sell a lot of clean brands that they just love. And I thought, wait, what is this Goop approved clean brand that is a little less expensive? And I bought a few products and then fell in love. Beauty Counter is an environmental working group certified brand. So you know it's the real deal. It's EWG certified. You know it's really clean. It's made without over 2,800 questionable or toxic ingredients. They do not use those ingredients. So you know it is safe. They have skincare. They have makeup. It's kind of a one-stop shop for all your bath, body, makeup, hair, skincare needs. It's also a female-founded brand, and they're really working hard towards sustainable packaging that is good for the environment. Some of my favorite products from Beauty Counter are their vitamin C serum that I use every single morning without fail, the All Bright AHA toner, which is the only toner that's ever shrunk my pores, and I think their cream blush is just the best cream blush out there. So you don't have to shop with me. You can buy Beauty Counter on their website. You can get it through Goop. They are now sold at Ulta. But if you do shop with me, I can let you in on discounts, free goodies, free samples. I can create a personalized skincare routine for you and answer all of your questions about the products. So if you'd like to shop Beauty Counter with me, go to beautycounter.com slash Alexandra Ferrara. That is beautycounter.com slash Alexandra Ferrara, F-E-R-R-A-R-A. And for more information, just scroll down to the show notes for this episode. Okay, so second trimester. (laughs) Everyone says it's supposed to be the golden time. It's supposed to be like the time you feel the best because you're less sick, but you're also not huge yet. I did not have that experience. I kind of had a freak experience where... I was not throwing up as much as first trimester for sure, but I was still throwing up. Yes, I could keep more down, but I was still real sick. And then I got COVID and then mastitis and then COVID again. So it was pretty nuts. And my doctor said, It was during the summer, and she said, look, you live in Manhattan. We're having a COVID spike. There's two different strains out. I think you got them both. I live in New York City, and I think I'm susceptible to COVID, but I think it's circumstantial where I'm just around a lot of people all the time. I think if I lived in some remote area, yes, I'm susceptible to COVID. I'm vaccinated. I'm everything, but I still get it, but I don't think I would get it that much if I lived somewhere a little remote. So pregnancy COVID is not something I would wish on anyone. It was very brutal. It was a two-week, full two-week process both times. And then lingering fatigue, which was unbelievable. Like, it was like hard to walk a block. It was very crazy. So then in between the two COVID rounds, I had mastitis, which you might be thinking, I didn't know you could get that unless you were breastfeeding. That's what I thought. Apparently, you can get it while you're pregnant. It is rare, but apparently you can get it, and I did. And I have no way to prove this, and I'm not a doctor, but my theory is that it had something to do with COVID because I started noticing the redness when I had COVID round one. And I think COVID, there's a lot we don't know about it yet, but we do know that it does weird shit to women's bodies. So if you don't know what mastitis is, it's an infection in your boob, in your milk duct, and 
it a lot of times can happen while breastfeeding. For me, I'm not producing anything. I'm pregnant. There's no milk there. There's nothing there. It just was an infection and inflammation that happened like while things were growing and changing in there. I was not thinking about mastitis. I didn't think it was a possibility. So I was just like, oh, why is my boob red? But there was so much else going on at the time, which was like, I was still nauseous and throwing up and had COVID. So like everything in my body hurt or was uncomfortable. So like the red boob was like the last thing on the list. So then it started hurting and it felt really hot. So then I did reach out to my OB and I was like, I know it can't be mastitis, but like, I'm wondering if it is. She responded immediately. She said, it definitely can be mastitis. It's very rare, but I've seen it. And she said, I want you to come in ASAP. Like, I will squeeze you in today. I was like, shit. I felt so nervous because I was like, I let this go. So I went in. They said, you definitely have mastitis. We wish you wouldn't have let this go. It makes you feel flu-like. Do you feel flu-like? I was like, well, I have felt flu-like since I was seven weeks pregnant every single day, and I just got over COVID. So I don't even remember what it feels like to feel normal anymore. So the treatment for mastitis is really intense. You have to take antibiotics four times a day for 10 days. And when you're nauseous and throwing up, it's... It's really something. So I was throwing up the antibiotics. I actually was home in St. Louis and had a horrifying experience where I was out on a walk and I threw up in someone's yard and then their dog thought I was an intruder and was like trying to attack me. It was just not, it was just not pretty. But yeah, I was so nervous. I was messaging my doctor like, are these antibiotics going to work? Am I going to be okay? Because I'm puking them up. Um, And I was, but it was, it was a long 10 days. They also had to send me to a radiologist to make sure everything was okay in there, which was a little scary, but I'm really, and everything was fine. It was just the mastitis, but I'm glad they did just to make sure Um, because it gets swollen and hot and they just wanted to like cover all their bases. So that was an ordeal. And I'm just here to say that it can happen. So if you're pregnant and one boob is red and feels hot and hurts, just go to your OB immediately. Like, don't think like, oh, maybe it could go away. Like, it could be mastitis and you might need an antibiotic immediately. So I talked about this on Instagram, but the other thing I'm doing during this pregnancy is I'm not weighing myself. I'm not weighing myself at home and at the doctor, I'm doing blind ways. So I went in my first appointment and I said, I have an eating disorder history. I do not want to know my weight. And please don't mention my weight. And I'm still being weighed, but I step on the scale backwards and they write it down so they know what's going on because they need to know what's going on. But I don't need to see that number. My body has always never really followed the typical rules that other people's do when it comes to weight. Like I mentioned, I was stranded in Punta Cana with food poisoning. What my body does in a crisis is it holds on to everything it can. Like my doctor said I would survive a long time in a famine. So like it would like hold on to water weight. So I actually ended up gaining weight when I had food poisoning just because it was a crisis and I was scared and we were stranded there and um, it was just all water and bloating, but that's what my body does. It, it holds things when it's it's in a crisis or it's under stress. And the first half of my pregnancy was such survival mode. It was just wake up and how are we getting me through this day? I did not need any extra stress of seeing that number. And I do have an eating disorder history and I did not need that triggered when I was already in such a low spot, when my mental health was really suffering. You know, I wasn't leaving the apartment. I wasn't getting out of bed. I was laying in a dark room. I was missing all of my work. All of my jobs I had lined up were just, you know, suddenly washed away. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't see friends. My mental health was was really on the fritz and pregnancy depression is a real thing. I have a friend who had it. And the other thing I want to mention here is is look out for that. You know, there was a time when I thought like I can't do this for one more day if this doesn't lighten up. I'm going to have to go on some anti-anxiety medication for sure. Um I ended up not doing that, but I thought about it a lot. So all this is to say is like I Even now in my third trimester, when I'm much more sane, I feel like, and my brain is working and I'm able to eat, I don't need to see that number. I don't need to freak myself out because my body is really been through a lot and it's doing its best. 
So I talked a lot about find a good acupuncturist, find a good chiropractor, but I also think find a good functional medicine doctor. People think functional medicine doctors aren't real doctors. They are. They are. They just look a little deeper into your hormones, your vitamin deficiencies, and they talk more about diet and lifestyle. So my functional medicine doctor is an actual MD, and they just did some more extensive testing and found I was deficient in a few other things. So I was able to add some more supplements to my regimen along with my prenatal. So the other thing that happened right at the end of second trimester, right at the beginning of third trimester was I started getting really faint, seeing stars, and then I woke up one day and I wanted to eat clay. That is not a joke. I literally wanted to go to paint me pottery and suck on a piece of wet clay. I kid you not. I can only be honest. You can't make this stuff up. So Vinny and I looked up, my husband and I looked up, what does that mean? <laughs> it was like, this is one of the first signs of severe anemia. So we're like, holy shit. So that week they were testing me for iron anyway. And yes, it turns out I was very anemic, which I was anemic pre-pregnancy, so I wasn't surprised. So yeah, it turns out I was in fact getting pretty anemic. I was actually so relieved to hear this because my body had been doing so many insane things and I felt like I was anemic. My symptoms, it you know, when I Googled said I was anemic. So I was really grateful to hear okay, that is true. Like you are intuitive. Your body does know what's going on. I wasn't surprised because I ran anemic my whole life before my pregnancy, but I had, you guys, I had been on an iron supplement my whole pregnancy. So it's not like I was ignoring this. It just wasn't enough. So it now I have to both eat red meat and be on iron three times a day along with everything else I'm taking. Another thing I'll say that I do think is really important mental health wise is some sort of baby moon. And it can be literally anything. It can be an Airbnb in the next town over. If you're single, it could be like a staycation, spa weekend, just something that's a little treat for yourself. Vin and I actually went to Montauk and to Sag Harbor, which is two of our favorite areas out east. And I was still really sick. I had just recovered from COVID and I was still really nauseous. And I couldn't do a lot, but just being at the beach for an hour in the morning. And yeah, if I had to take a nap the rest of the day, I had to take a nap the rest of the day, but at least I got to go to that beach, you know, at least I wasn't in my apartment and we had dinner at 5 PM. There's, I was still, I'm, you know, had a hard time eating a lot of things, but I got to sit at a pretty restaurant at 5 PM. So you have to really adjust your expectations if you're sick. I mean, if you're pregnant, for just you have to adjust your expectations with everything because everything changes. But especially if you're sick, there are these really, really small windows. But for your mental health, if you can look at something pretty, if you can do something nice in that small window, it is worth it. So in my third trimester, which I'm in now, I am less sick. Although, do I still get nauseous? Yes. Is it still hard to eat certain things? Yes. This whole time, you know what's so funny is there's these pregnancy tropes. Like I was watching Friends the other day and Rachel was pregnant. She was out to dinner. She's like, oh my God, uh, can I have the steak with a side of lobster and also mashed potatoes? And that has never been me. I haven't felt that crazy hunger because I've been so sick. So it's more been like, okay, I'm starting to get the empty sick feeling in my stomach. What is going to make me gag the least that I can put in it, put in my stomach now so that I don't feel sick? It's always just been, I need to get something in my stomach so I don't feel more sick. And also I can't eat a lot at one time this whole time because of the GERD with all my organs so high and my baby, my little guy is so high that there's not a lot of room. So I can't eat a big portion and then also drink water. It's like one or the other. I have to eat like little tiny bits throughout the day. But that being said, I am so much less sick. I think the things that are hard now is the back pain is really setting in. It's harder to move around. I am exhausted, not in the feel faint anemia way, but just in a way that I fell asleep sitting in a chair the other day. I fell asleep editing this podcast. I just am like falling asleep places, but everyone said that's normal. The other thing I'm going through is, whoa, 
I am so swollen. My face, my neck, my ankles are swollen as hell. And it's fine. What can you do? But I will say the swollen face, if you were to ask me what is bothering you the most, it's the swollen face, you know, and pictures pop up on Facebook like this time a year ago. And I think, oh God, I used to have cheekbones and I just didn't appreciate them. You know, I think the face is the hardest for me, but there's just nothing I can do. And I talked to my doctor about it and she was like, yeah, some women swell, some women don't. You're swelling, but your blood pressure is completely fine. You are perfectly healthy. It's just annoying. So I find face tools are helping me. Yeah, they're not going to make you look so different, but it's like, girl, let's move that fluid around. Let's just move that fluid around like up and out. So I am using my skinny confidential face roller. I feel like it helps the ice roller. I feel like it helps me wake up my face for the day. I'm trying to gua sha every day. The gua sha I use every day is just this little one from Chill House. I just feel like this is going to help you feel better. It takes it down a little bit. It moves the fluid. And then I'm getting prenatal lymphatic drainage massages because my ankles and my calves are so swollen that I can literally like press my finger in and the indentation stays. It's crazy. So that has really been helping. My OB actually recommended that. My OB actually, she is a full Western medicine doctor. She recommended I go to acupuncture for my really bad stomach symptoms first trimester. And she recommended I go to a lymphatic drainage massage for my swelling. And then compression socks is the other thing my OB recommended. Those thigh-high compression socks. They are not cute, but you got to do what you got to do. Also, got to get yourself a good body pillow. It gets real hard to get comfy sleeping. And the other thing that started happening is I heard about this, but I just hadn't experienced it until now. Charlie horses in the night. In the arches of my feet, my calves, and I had one in my hand and my wrist. So shout out to my friend Alex. She told me about this magnesium cream from 8 Sheep Organics. It's this magnesium lotion you put on all the areas you could get a Charlie horse at night, and it really helps things relax, and it really stops them. Because waking up from a dead sleep with a Charlie horse, it's just not fun. Not fun. So let's talk about underwear. I am not an under-the-bump kind of gal. Here's what I mean by that. You see a lot of advertisements for underwear, for joggers, for sweatpants, styled under-the-bump, under-the-bump underwear, under-the-bump joggers, which means they're meant to be worn low, like under your bump. That, to me, I found that very uncomfortable. Some people love it because their bump gets really itchy and they don't want any sort of extra layer of fabric there. But I, it's just not comfortable for me. I feel like my pants are falling off. I don't know. I just find it, it was not comfortable. So that's why I really like the hatched maternity leggings that kind of like go all the way up to your boobs, but in a comfy, comfy way. And when it comes to underwear, I love the bodily underwear, B-O-D-I-L-Y. This underwear from Bodily, they have a high-waisted option. It goes to like mid-bump and it stays up, but it's not tight, and it just feels so luxurious. It's really well made. The fabric is so good. It's comfy. I love my bodily undies. So cute, so well made, feel amazing, and they have an under-the-bump option too. I just really like the high waist. Also, this week, I started getting Braxton Hicks, and I wasn't freaked out because I knew what it was, but it's not really a contraction. It's not the right word. It's just like a tightening. It's a really, it's a tightening feeling. It feels like everything's tightening into a ball and your back hurts. And one of my other friends, Chelsea said, put a heating, lay down and put a heating pad on your back right now. Oh my gosh. I laid down with that heating pad on my back on the couch and I fell asleep because it was the first time the entire day and the entire night that I did not have back pain. It was amazing. So I am not completely clear on my birth plan yet. I will definitely come back on here and tell my whole labor story once that happens. But right now where I'm at is I'm trying to decide, do I want an epidural? Do I not? 
I'm trying to decide a lot of things. I definitely know I want low intervention at a hospital, you know, as little as possible. I'd love to go into labor naturally and not be induced, but I also know plans change and, you know, when the time comes, what's going to happen is going to happen, but you can have intentions and you can, you know, educate yourself beforehand and, and learn a few things. So what I do know is I really love my OB. I love the hospital I'm choosing to give birth at. They have a really good reputation and I'm choosing a OB plus doula plan. So I will be giving birth with an OB at a hospital, but with also the support of a doula, which I feel really strongly about. Number one, Van and I don't have any family here. All of our family are flights away. So I've been working with my doula for months and I text her at my doctor's appointments. She gives us labor prep classes. She gets to know us. She will come to my apartment and help me labor at home for as long as possible. She will know when it's time to go to the hospital. She will help us get to the hospital. She will help me understand what's going on while all the craziness is happening. She will advocate for me for my birth preferences as much as she can. She will make sure I'm switching positions and in safe labor positions. And she's going to be looking out for me and making sure that I'm safe. She's going, she's a lactation consultant. So she's going to help me start me off with breastfeeding. And then we also have her for six weeks postpartum to call and ask questions to. She's going to come to our apartment and visit, see if I have any questions then. So it just feels really amazing to have that extra layer of support. So I actually just got off of a Zoom with our doula today for labor prep, and she recommended the labor exercise ball. A lot of people have seen those, you know, it's just the exercise ball. But she actually gave me specific exercises to do 30 minutes a day to kind of start relaxing and making space in the pelvis, creating strength, like getting the baby in a good position. So it just feels really good. It feels like someone has my back. So I will get back to you after my birth experience to tell you how it all went. But I can tell you right now that I feel very supported and very at ease having her plus my OB. So I would highly recommend that combo if you have access to a doula as well as an OB. Okay, so what I'm going to end with is clothes. What the hell are we all wearing? Maternity brands are expensive. It gets tricky. You're so uncomfortable. You don't want anything tighter on your waist. You want to be comfy, but then if you go out to dinner or something, you're like, God, I just want to feel cute for like one hour. So for me, it was really interesting because I was in really good shape before I got pregnant. Like I was in dance cardio classes, reformer Pilates. I was doing free weights. I felt really good. And my really healthy, really good size is around a size 12. So I'm usually the largest size at a store. Like when I'm really healthy and fit, like that's just my body. So going into pregnancy, you know, I have really tiny, tiny friends who are size two or four. And they're like, yeah, I bought size eight, size sixes, size eight, size tens. Or I'm normally an extra small and I bought larges. Well, that was not me because I started out as a large or an extra large. So I really had to do some digging. So yes, you don't want to invest in stuff because I don't know, maybe you don't, you're not going to have another baby. Also, you're growing every single week. So things fit for two weeks and then they don't, you know, so you don't really want to spend too much money. At least I didn't. So here's what I did. It was a lot of Amazon and a lot of H&M online. H&M online has way more than they do in the store and they're pretty size inclusive and they go up pretty high in sizes and you can look cute and it's not that much money. So those are my two go-tos and I try not to buy too much, you know, because I, again, I was so sick. I wasn't going that many places. Okay. So let me tell you about the things I did invest in from Hatch. Now I'm going to be real. I am the largest size at Hatch. They have sizes one, two, three, and four. Um, extra small to an extra large. I am a size four. I am an extra large through this pregnancy. So if someone's bigger than me, they cannot shop at Hatch, which I don't love because it's a great brand. So 
they are like the nice maternity clothes. They are the investment maternity clothes. They are the well-made. You're going to have them for a while. So I wanted to be really picky and choosy about what I got. So I'm going to tell you what I invested in. They have these leggings and biker shorts called the before, during, and after leggings, the before, during, and after biker shorts. They are so freaking comfortable. They do not compare to the Amazon maternity leggings. They do not compare to the Target maternity leggings. They are so comfortable. I cannot even tell you. The waistband, like it like hugs you, but it comes up really high and there's nothing tight. There's nothing digging into you. And here's the thing, postpartum, it's not like you immediately go back to your old size. Like you're going to have a belly and you're still, as it goes down and you're going to want to be comfy. So I'm going to be wearing the leggings and the biker shorts postpartum as well for months probably. So I decided those were a good thing to invest in. They also have these joggers that I love because you don't want to be in skin tight leggings all the time. So these joggers, again, I'll wear them after too. And like the tops, I don't care so much about. You can do t-shirts. I've been wearing a lot of like my husband's sweatshirts, H&M sweatshirts, you know, comfy, cozy, things like that. Like you can spend $10, $12, $14 on an H&M sweatshirt and it's fine, but you, ugh, the pants need to be comfy and cozy and well-made. So I did invest. And then the last pair of pants I got from Hatch are the vegan leather pants. If I want to feel a little more dressed up and they're amazing. Again, they're so cute. I've gotten a lot of compliments on them and the waistband is great and I will wear them postpartum as well. I'll probably have those forever because if you wear a long top, if you're not wearing a crop top, you can't tell that they're maternity. They just look like cute leather pants. So I will have those for a while. So that is my pregnancy journey so far. I am really lucky. My baby's been healthy the whole time, knock on wood. I have just been put through the ringer, but he has been doing great. So I hope this was helpful. Please DM me or text me or email me anytime with pregnancy stuff. I'm happy to always chat about it. And I will definitely get back on here after I have the baby and tell my full labor story when that happens. I am due December 30th and I'll probably be taking a little break from recording when I have a newborn, but I will get back to you on all the details as soon as I can. And in the meantime, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Glow Up and Speak Out. If you liked this episode, it would mean so much if you could follow, rate, and review the show on Apple or Spotify. And for more content, make sure to check out our Instagram at glowupandspeakout.com.